Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 52 of Stomp the Stigma, the podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Welcome back. I have a fantastic interview this week. Joining me to Stomp the Stigma today is Sachin Lati. He is a first responder who started running for his own mental health, and this past November he did the Run to Remember, where he ran 100 kilometers to raise money for veteran and first responder mental health. This year, in 2022, he plans to run eight ultra marathons, which is a crazy amount, even for a runner, but he's training to run across Canada in 2025. So today we get into his cause, why it is so important to him, and how he's getting ready to run across the entire country. Plus today we get to hear a bit about his own personal story, how he has recently faced his own mental health struggles, and what has helped him through so far. This is another two-part episode, so tune in again next week to hear even more of Satch's story. But this conversation was incredible. I hope you guys love it just as much as I did. Enjoy. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a very busy week, but we're surviving. We're surviving. Good. Yeah, busy weeks are busy weeks can be a kicker or a positive. Just depends on how you wanna how you wanna take it, right? Exactly. You don't mind me asking, what do you do? Um, I'm a chemist in the beer industry. Nice. Cool. So what, oh, I, I automatically ask tons of questions. So uh, that's okay. That's not my job right now. <laughs> Cause I was going to ask you a bunch of questions. I was going to be like, Oh, so what made you start this podcast? And why'd you want to do it? And it sounds totally different than what you're doing for work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the podcast is just for fun for me. Um, Growing up with kind of my own mental health issues and struggles, I felt like I didn't really have places to turn to or or heard like similar stories or, and I felt like really alone. And then uh, during the pandemic, our work team got split into two and so I was stuck with one other person 12 hours a day for pretty much a year. Um, So we got really close and found out that we had been through like similar struggles in the past. And I kind of realized like people going through this pandemic have kind of, I don't want to say like developed mental health issues, but they've come more to the surface, I guess. Yeah, Uh, I agree. And so I wanted to start something um, where people could come and share their stories and their journeys and not feel so alone that's awesome you know why because like i think it's also a cool thing because like um, a lot of us experience the same thing but we come from different backgrounds too yeah. right which is really cool because like you have a different perspective of life but we're like or you may not i don't know but you may or may not have a different perspective but there's a common ground of um understanding or yeah 
empathy, I guess. We can understand it a bit better, some people. So I guess that's a common ground. That's kind of cool that we can kind of communicate that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Talking to as many people as I have throughout all of these episodes, yeah, I realize like how similar everybody's struggles are, even though they are completely different and the story is completely different. Well, because at the end of the day, it, at least from my understanding, and my understanding is fairly limited, but trauma is trauma, right? Yeah. So in your interpretation of trauma and my interpretation of trauma doesn't really matter. It's still trauma. Yeah. So we all have trauma, so no one's exempt from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, how, do we, how do we respond to it and how do we move through it and then beyond it, I guess? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm not like, um, I don't know, I haven't been at the forefront of mental health for, for most of my life, right? Mm-hmm. But um, over the last, well, I don't know, three years, I've been like heavily focused on on my mental health because, uh, well, when you hit a rock bottom, you kind of have to, you have nowhere to go but up, right? Yeah. So uh, I guess we can, I guess I can start. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I got, uh, was it, what, what, 2022? Yeah, so three years ago, I uh, went through a separation with my with my ex-wife, and then we got divorced. And um, that was very difficult, because I would probably say I was the squeaky wheel in that relationship. <laughs> and um, for me, it was a pretty big sense of failure, I guess. And I wanted to reflect on what kind of brought me to that point in life, right? And that was just the beginning. And then everything really started unfolding out of that. Like uh, why I had certain menta- a certain mentality or why I was thinking a certain way or why I had certain types of behaviors and how they manifested in my relationship and then in my relationship with friends and then every- really everybody, really. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the nicest person, to be honest. I was... Uh, I was an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> like, I wasn't nice at all. There, obviously, I'm a good person, but it, it, uh, my my um, my emotions weren't really well-regulated, I would say. And um, I didn't have a grasp of managing my emotions or with the right coping mechanisms or anything like that. Well, at least, well, I had some, but they were not good ones. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. the coping mechanisms weren't great. So, anyway, so I started... Uh, really seeing a, a counselor through work at first because I didn't know where to go to get any guidance. And there was a, a therapist at work that I had known and she was a, you know, I had a good relationship with her. So we just, I started there and that was all new for me, but I was like, I was such in the moment of the pain that I just, I needed, I needed something. And through that process, uh, it was slow moving at the beginning because of the pandemic and we got divorced. So all that kind of happened and we we're living in the same house. And, you know, um, I ended up moving into the basement suite because we have a kid and uh, we wanted to make sure that we were co-parenting the best way we could. Well, having said that, that was also not the best environment for myself and also for my ex at the time mentally. Right. But we were trying to manage all of that for our daughter the best way we could. I needed a lot of help. So that's why I was going to see the, the counselor because uh, it was all new for me. 
anyway, so uh, eventually ended up graduating to a psychologist <laughs> because there's a lot more underlying issues that a counselor or a therapist really can help me with and a lot of childhood trauma and um, which I'm not quite ready to share too much about, but a lot of the experiences I had as a kid growing up and through, let's say, high school, um, they manifested themselves in a way that uh, became more of a cold person mm-hmm. rather than, uh, well, who I'm trying to become now, <laughs> right? I'm not there yet, but I'm just, I've been working quite hard to be able to regulate my emotions a lot better and interact better with people when I'm in a certain state. Like what, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm a <laughs> like a savage or something. Like I'm, I'm a normal individual, but sometimes when I uh, get down a spiral, either I get really, really mm-hmm. self defeating and you know, like self hate and a really negative internal dialogue. That's you would be surprised that, or if someone were to just look at me, they wouldn't think that at all, right? But man, I'll tell you. Every single day, I can find a reason to shit on myself. Every day. Sometimes, and really, it's almost trying to change or frame, uh, change the way I frame things in my head, right? Because initially, even the first sort of interaction, I'm always, it's always like a, a negative sort of slant to it if I'm talking to somebody. When, in fact, sometimes it's not even. Like, so I, I might even read, let's say I'm reading a text message from somebody. I can interpret that so negatively, but it's not at all, right? Like, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's like this happened. And like, I just read into things too much. So, I, um, yeah, so I don't know how I got on that tangent. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. <laughs> so there was a lot of pressure and stress over the last three years with the divorce. But thankfully, through a lot of the therapy and uh, me doing a lot of work and then me trying to really figure out what the issues were or what kind of issues I was dealing with and then working on them actively um, through that process. Uh, my ex and I are, 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 are actually doing okay. Like we're friendly, right? And, and, and we're co-parenting amazing. And our daughter really hasn't uh, really been affected. At least I haven't noticed and my ex hasn't noticed. So it's been quite lovely that we were able to do that. And um, yeah, so now I'm like, uh, I felt the experience of this mental health and really last February I was officially diagnosed because I had a major depressive episode during all this stuff that was going on. And that's when I really figured out, okay, well, something's actually happening. Like, when you go into the therapy, you're not really like really kind of, at least I wasn't really thinking a diagnosis or anything. I was just kind of going to get some help. Right. But, uh, you know, I, there was a point there, I was like, it would, I never felt like that in my entire life. It's so weird. I've dealt with so many difficult things, and that was like, brought me down to my freaking knees, man. Um, I couldn't stop shaking. Like, heart rate was like just going like crazy. It was like a panic attack, but way worse. And it was lasting for weeks. It didn't last for a short period of time. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And lucky for me, my ex's mom, so my ex's mother-in-law, um, was FaceTiming me because I was with my daughter. And she was like, okay, you don't get, I'm coming over, right? And uh, so she came over and, and um, made sure that my daughter went with her. 
I ended up seeing the doctor and ended up getting prescribed some medication and and then um, I started that process of the medication, which wasn't pleasant. I, <laughs> the doctor goes, uh, hey, uh, there's going to be some side effects, you know, the first couple weeks. Um, you might feel a little bit, stomach, this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Hey, I'm a pretty tough guy. I can handle it. All good. No worries. No. <laughs> For those first four days, whoa. Like, what was that? Like, the first four days. I honestly almost quit taking them because, and I don't quit anything ever. And I was like, I, this is hard. So like, it put another perspective for me because I never really understood how difficult for a lot of people who are dealing with a lot of mental health stuff. I never really paid too much attention before really addressing it myself for myself. And, um, it's fucking hard. It's, it's hard. Like that, just the medication to start on that, that was <laughs> not good. I was nauseous all, like all the time. I was lethargic, tired, like headaches, like everything nonstop for four days. Anyway, so that passed and then I started feeling better. <laughs> and then, um, like slowly but surely, uh, I started feeling better. And I, through all this time, I was still kind of running. Um, when I first started running, um, because I was dealing with all my stuff at home and my, I was dealing with some stuff at work, just personal things. And, and uh, had all kinds of stress. It was, it was rough. And then at the time, like I was really active with jujitsu, and uh, the pandemic um, uh, made sure that we weren't able to do that because close proximity, you can't really, you know, roll around in pajamas with people. So uh, <laughs> I um, that that also set me down a bit. Like when I realized that, and then obviously the the people around me weren't supportive in the sense of me going to jiu-jitsu because they were scared of COVID and things. So I felt like I was trapped. I had no real uh, release physically. And for me, I needed that as well. I look at like, for me, I have like three kind of medications that I look at, that I look at, a, that I use. I use fitness as one of them, like like excessive amounts <laughs> for me. And um, the medication that I've been prescribed by my doctor, I use that as well. And then cannabis, I use all three of them to kind of help manage my sort of day-to-day -day kind of stuff anyway so um what got me started in the running i had read uh like most people have recently is that david goggins book can't hurt me and uh that resonated with me based on some of his stories that he was telling and then uh, and i wasn't much of a runner i <laughs> i always hated it i was never good at it the uh, last time i and I, I for your listeners just to explain um, I used to competitive, be a competitive bodybuilder. Like I used to lift. I used to competitive in jiu-jitsu, and so I'm fairly active. And and um, but I never really did running or cardio significantly because I, I used to lift weights. It would ruin my gains. <laughs> so uh, I would never really ramp. So um, I started running to help with my mental health with uh, because of COVID and because I wasn't able to roll in jiu-jitsu. And I wasn't good. I started with just very short distances, and, but I, I stuck with it and I continued. But what I do recognize with myself where I'm maybe I have a skill set, maybe uh, I've developed it more than others is, is my consistency. And I'm very consistent with anything I do when I want to do it. And I go all in and then I eventually get obsessed and then, and then 
I think about how I can do things better and then how I can get even better from there and then how I can be exceptional. I kind of go with these sort of ways of thinking. And then, um, so anyways, I started running. I saw how I was progressing and I saw how fast I started to get in a short period of time based on I never even ran before. And then I thought, how could we leverage this for positivity? Um, and it just so happened, obviously, I was dealing with my own mental health issues and I've have friends that have served in the military and I'm a first responder, worked in law enforcement. Many of my friends do as well. So it was a no brainer for me to run, uh, see if we could raise money for veterans and first responders, which I did, uh, trained myself to run a hundred kilometers last November and ran, um, from Chilliwack BC to the Vancouver airport, which is exactly a hundred kilometers. And it took, uh, 14 hours and 58 minutes. And we raised $20,900 that goes directly to veterans and RCMP veterans or retired RCMP members, um, PTSD and PTSD dogs programs. So all 20 grand goes there. So needless to say the last three years and that run and everything that run did for me and others changed my life. And it's, uh, I've had a significant paradigm shift in perspective where um, I work in law enforcement. Amazing job. Great job. Great career. I'm a dog handler. I work with a dog. So probably one of the best jobs within the job that I had. But it's not for me. And I know that now. And um, what I know now is my what my real passion and calling is is to do what I'm doing. So what that means is this year, I'm, I'm going to try to expand our reach from last year and I'm going to run a lot more. So starting the end of March, all the way toward to the end of November, I have runs each of those months for the most part and all our ultra marathon distances. So 50 kilometers or more. And the goal, so the total of those dis distances, 840 kilometers. And the goal is to raise $30,000 for Honor House. Honor House is a local charity here in BC. And the 30000 that we're trying to raise will go 100% to their the ranch that they're trying to build in Ashcroft, BC. It's about four or five hours outside of Vancouver in the mountains. And they're building 10 cabins for any veteran first responder that includes paramedics, firefighters, CBSA, any municipal police, anybody that is a first responder or a veteran that's suffering from occupational stress injuries. They can stay at these cabins with their families and receive cutting, uh, like cutting edge treatment. So that 30 grand is going to go there this year, or at least the goal is to raise that really the primary goal is to raise the awareness of what we're trying to do and uh, mental health, how it's, it's um, a huge issue, right? And uh, we have a lot of issues in the world um, and all of them have importance for sure. Um, for me, this is important for me. So that's why I'm advocating for it. And I'm advocating in such a manner that will force people to pay attention. I'm running 840 kilometers this year. I'll film all of it. All of it will be filmed, and we're going to start filming a documentary at the beginning of March. 
this year we're going to film all these runs we're going to archive all that footage and release short videos throughout the year but not all to kind of bring awareness but also to couple that as a learning tool or a teaching tool for people i have a couple friends of mine that have also joined the project <clears throat> one is a retired ERT uh, team leader of seven years with the RCMP. ERT is the equivalent of SWAT, <clears throat> so special weapons and tactics, cost uh, and negotiation, all this kind of stuff. And the other uh, colleague, or colleague, <laughs> other friend of mine is a retired warrant officer of JTF2, Special Forces operator, uh, Tier 1 operator of Canada's, Canada Special Forces. So these two gentlemen have written a book together. Their book is going to be hopefully released this year or next year. And they've been gracious enough to allow or at least uh, show interest in the project that we're doing this year. And they're going to use their subject matter expertise in the videos, talking about the physical activities that I'm doing and how, based on their knowledge and their education, how it improves your mental health. So that's part of what we're going to do this year. And then next year, obviously, do something similar. I have really the next three years planned out, but I just don't want to talk too much about next year because I don't want to get overwhelmed. But the ultimate goal eventually, 2025, 2026, is to run across Canada and to do that in six months or less. So that would be 6,000 kilometers in under six months. So that, for your listeners, that equates to approximately 40 to 50 kilometers a day for six months. So when we do that, the goal for that is to raise, obviously, a significant amount. The goal would be $1 million for, uh, for the charities that we're going to be supporting. Now, I'm throwing out these uh, goal numbers because they're just goals. But the ultimate goal is to just bring the awareness. And this will force people to pay attention for a significant amount of time because I'll make sure I'll put my 100% effort and trying to make this as big as I possibly can, um, whatever I can do to do that. Um, the first step is for me to continue running <laughs> every single day. And um, by the end of this year, there will be a clear understanding of what's going to be happening over the next two. And the goal is to eventually have the footage by the end of 2025 for the documentary. And then hopefully we can present that to somebody or people and that could be something people could learn from maybe um, see my process of where I've come come from and then um, through all this hard work and going to seek therapy and physical activity and using various different methodologies to improve my mental health where I've, where I'm going to end up because I'm still in it I'm not there I'm just in the process of trying to figure it out and I'm learning right now so this year is really a learning year for me and I'll know what I'll be able to do by the end of it. And I'm super excited. And I'm super fortunate to have the people around me that are supporting me. And um, I'm super fortunate and super happy that you're having me on your podcast to talk about it. And I feel honored that we're able to um, create something that will galvanize a lot of people and hopefully change a lot of people's lives. I don't know. That's the goal. I just get emotional thinking about it, to be honest. Yeah. Because I'm really ex passionate about this. And I haven't done too many things in my life that's good. One's my daughter. And uh, what I'm planning to do now. 
and uh, I'm putting my 100% effort into it because it deserves nothing less. And uh, I feel honored that I have the opportunity to do this and I feel obligated to do it because I can't. Because I have the physical capabilities to do it and I have the mental resilience and fortitude to do it that most people probably don't have. So I have to do it. Right? It's a service to the collective that if you don't do it, it doesn't make sense. And really this kind of stuff makes me feel good. And uh, I don't need much out of it. <laughs> I don't even really have much anymore, to be honest. I don't really have much money or anything. I'm okay with it, to be honest. I just want to do this. Wow. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many things in there. Oh, <laughs> like, where do I even start? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's such an amazing story. I I can tell how passionate you are about it and I think it's amazing. It's amazing what you're doing. Thank you. Well, I'm uh, I'm not doing it alone by any means at all. I'm just uh, I'm just one guy part of a group of people trying to do some positive things. Mm -hmm. and, um, if I can speak okay or speak well enough to have it resonate with people, or if I look a certain way, then people can kind of connect with. If I can speak a certain language and maybe connect with other people, if I can go to a different community and talk to them, I don't really care. <laughs> I'll do whatever, mm -hmm. and whatever is good for what we're trying to do. I can talk all day, I'll tell <laughs> you right now. <laughs> I want to go back to your um, kind of, some of the points that you mentioned in there, um, the self-depreciation or, um, putting yourself down, I relate to that so, so much. And people looking at you and seeing, I don't know, or judging you for this person that they see, but yeah. then you have this kind of whole other side of you that nobody would expect or predict at all. Well, yeah, people well, get like, surprised all the time when I share... Well, like, yeah. Well, like you, like you said earlier, like we're all the same. Yeah. You're nobody different, right? Yeah. We just have, um, I was born somewhere else, maybe. You grew up with different people around you, right? Mm -hmm. But we all kind of, we all want the same shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we just, maybe the method of getting it's different, maybe. Right? Yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I know. We all, we all have our, the more I talk to people just like you are, right? Yeah. Um, the more I see the similarities yeah. between everybody, between yeah. everybody. I'm sitting with people that I thought were like up here. You're like, wait, oh man, this person's so impressive. But we're all the same. We all experience the same pain and grief. And mm -hmm. I'm just figuring it. I'm just figuring that out now. Like I've been blind to it for so long that like I was watching, what was I watching the other day? Shit. It was so funny. It was like a commercial, something lame, right? Like I would have thought it was lame a long time ago. And it was someone crying about like something that was emotional and legitimately was crying. But I was like, I, I get it. I get it. But before, like say years ago, I'd be like, the fuck? That would have been like that. That would have been the reaction. Yeah. But now I can, not that I wasn't empathetic before, but I now I'm more. It's almost like mm -hmm. I'm more in tune with under, I can relate better. Right. Yeah. So like, say, for example, if if you 
if you've torn your Achilles tendon, then I can relate to you because I've torn mine. I've had that experience. Mm -hmm. I know what you went through. I know how long how you had to stay in your bed. So it's, I think it's the same thing. Like, so if you have severe anxiety or let's say if you have PTSI or if you have d d depression, this, that, and the other, I can get it. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand how the last three days I've been crying legitimately. I've been dealing with my own shit. So I have a lot of thinking to do, right? Because I'm anticipating my life to be significantly different than it was. Forget about the running, but just in general. Now if incorporate what I'm planning to do. I don't even know if I'm mentally ready for that. So I have to prepare now. So not just physically training, yeah. I have to mentally train. Because what's that mean? Because I know like, I'm going to run across Canada. That's happening. So that's inevitable. So when that happens, what's the response out of that? What are people going to say? What are people going to do? How are people going to react? How are my friends going to react? How are my friends reacting now? Who are they now? Who am I to them now? Do I even relate to anyone anymore? Who can I relate to? Like, this is what I've been talking about for the last week or two to myself. And the reality is, well, no, longer than that. Last few months, maybe even longer. The reality is I'm alone. <laughs> Fucking isolated as shit. Not because um, I'm doing it on purpose now. It's because I feel like I can't relate to too many people anymore. So mm -hmm. when I'm sitting down and talking to people, it just bores me now. Or, not that sounds rude, and I don't want to sound rude. Um, it's, I feel like I do, I can do more and I want to talk about more intellectual intellectual things mm -hmm. rather than talking about oh what coffee I bought today or yeah like I'd rather discuss things than small talk mm -hmm. that that I'm cool with I can sit there all day debate like have a conversation no worries but if we're talking small talk then I I couldn't be bothered so but uh, but I'm around many people who are like that and it's not their fault it's just it's not my fault. It's just a different thing. So it was a process for me to transition to that because at first I was irritated and angry. I was like, you know, I'd be saying things and oh, this person's that or this or, but the reality I wasn't reflecting and really critically thinking on it. It's me who's changing. It's not them. It's not their fault. They're the same people. I've changed mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to change. So all I have to do is now try to gravitate or seek out like-minded individuals so that I don't feel so isolated. Because feeling isolated doesn't feel good. No matter who you are, you can be as tough as you want to be, badass or whatever you want to call it. But when you feel alone, man, it sucks. Both, both physically and emotionally and mentally. And trust me, I've felt pretty alone. Really alone. And... Uh, if I told you some more, man, you would be like, holy shit. <laughs> Anyways. So, but the, the positive thing is that, you know, you, you, once you realize those things, at least for me, I realize those things, then now I just seek out people that think like me. Mm -hmm. or, the, or at least people that, not like think like me, but uh, have a thinking like me. So, like, you don't have to believe everything I believe, but if we can have a conversation and discuss things, then I'm cool. That's fine. Or if you're someone who wants to do positive things and, and doesn't want to complain about it and comes with solutions, then I'm down. But I'm I'm just a different type of guy that needs to do things. I 
need to have meaning. Otherwise, uh, I get lost and I start doing destructive things, maybe, or, or behaviors that aren't the best, right? Mm-hmm. But when I have some sort of meaning, and it's not just a small one, it's it's almost like I need uh, this type of meaning <laughs> in life because it, it's more important. I've competed at various different sort of physical activities, you know, trophies, medals, and whatever, and uh, none of them really mattered. So it was just a thing I did. I never, honestly, never really cared to do any of them. Like for me, going to a tournament in jujitsu and doing whatever, it's like just going to class. But after I ran that 100K, um, at the end of it, I was exhausted. It was in the evening and realized we raised over 20 grand. And that was, I didn't really, I didn't receive a, a, a medal or anything, but everything that I received was more than that, right? It was emotional. I felt like that feeling I really hadn't felt. And when I felt it, I was like, I won't. Uh, like to feel more of that it feels good <laughs> so how do i do that and let's figure it out let's keep doing that and just incrementally move in that direction and things will fall into place and they yeah. seem to be falling into place like i'm not really doing much else other than the, a lot of work <laughs> and um, things seem to be falling in place it takes a long time though so i've been in it for three four five years and i'm suspecting it's going to be another three or four for me to really get through the end here probably after I run across Canada maybe I don't know but it's about the journey too the process which I'm starting to realize some friends have been telling me hey man don't worry just don't rush things just sit in it and enjoy it mm-hmm. or or figure out the process um, because that's part of it you know it's kind of it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah I think you have obviously you have this big end goal but along the way you also need to kind of absorb the whole process and acknowledge it and kind of just like live in that moment and because when you look back later and you don't remember a lot of it it's going to feel like you lost a big part of it i agree with you i think it's a good point and i think this is part of it Mm -hmm. to be fair like me talking to you right now, I feel amazing. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Right. And I think um, this is also therapeutic for both you and me. Yeah. And it's nice to talk to new people. And it's nice to connect with people that think similarly on certain things. Yeah. I'm surprised it took me so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only 44. I'm 44 and I'm just figuring it out. Yeah. It took, it took me so long. Oh, well. Better late than never. I'm at the party now. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. No, it's never too late. <laughs> no, no. I do want to go back to that. You brought up empathy. And yeah. it's really interesting that you bring that up. Because I don't think I've really talked about this with anyone before. But I've thought about it a lot. And I feel like I... And I don't know if it has anything to do with my mental health struggles at all. But I feel like I've lost my empathy for other people and like I don't know other people's situations and emotions they just don't really phase me all that much but I feel like as I'm going through this journey and learning kind of what I'm going through or what I have been through and becoming more in tune with my emotions and what's going on with me I feel like I'm becoming 
more in tune with other people's emotions as well. And as I'm connecting with more people, like just having these conversations, it's I'm starting to feel more, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so let me give you my sort of experience with emotion and maybe we're experiencing the same thing. Yeah. I never cried. I never have cried in public or anything. Yeah. Um, I am a pretty cool, calm, collected for the most part up until the last couple, three years. And um, so initially when I first started getting really emotional, I was like, something's wrong with me. Like something has to be wrong because I could, I could cry right now. Like I could cry at any given moment. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Because I never was like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously this time goes by, this was, I thought about it and it just kind of still kept happening, right? <laughs> Either really angry or super depressed or, or it's just whatever, feeling all these ex, uh, the emotions, but to the extreme, right? And I was like, oh my God, must be what's going on. I must be, you know, coming up with these reasons or excuses. And then I came to one sort of realization. I was like, maybe I'm just emotional. And I stuffed it for so many years. Yeah. Maybe I haven't been able to feel my emotions ever. Or when I did, I would do it very seldom and I wouldn't show it or I wouldn't experience, I wouldn't sit in the emotion and feel it because it was Mm -hmm. too painful. And when I would, then maybe I'd start drinking or go grab something to drink, go party, right? So, and this is me just reflecting and thinking about my experiences and how I did things. And anytime I, I was about to feel, I would try to not. So I'd try to find something to do so I didn't. And only really in real time, I'm realizing that now, right now, because I'm reflecting on it right now. And I think I never really enjoyed partying and drinking, right? And not, I'm not an alcoholic, but I did abuse alcohol. And whenever I did go out and party and drink, I never was like, oh, like I was like happy to do it. I was just doing it. Occasionally, you start getting excited, but it was more a different connection rather than something else, right? So now that I've kind of figured a little bit of that, I don't drink at all. I don't even know zero desire. Like mm-hmm. I don't even feel like uh, maybe a beer here and there, right? Like whatever. So I never really had the desire or enjoyed drinking. I did it for so many years to numb things or mm-hmm. feel something or or feel something, <laughs> feel something or nothing, whatever the case may have been at the time. And, uh, you know, just that's another realization that people don't have the opportunity to figure it out because I've had the time to figure it out the last three years. I've spent that time. And that one, over the three years, spending that time, that one little piece, I just figured out. So imagine how much longer it takes to sort out everything yeah. or, 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 or to optimize as much as you can. I just figured out I've been drinking when I was drinking because I wasn't, I wasn't it was like trying to hide my feelings. Now I feel them so much now. Like, and uh, I was talking to my ex the other day. And she was emotional about something. It was a good experience for her. And she was feeling her emotions. And she was like, oh, I'm just really emotional. And it was the first time I was able to give it. It was the first time I was able to give advice from this perspective. I was like, okay, cool. Feel, sit in it. Just like feel it. She was like, no, but it's, she was trying not to. And then I started, because I just had saw my psychologist the other day and I was going through like some, like a psychosomatic event. Like it was really emotional. Like a lot of things were happening. 
and I'll make the connection here. But my psychologist was asking me when I was with her, he was asking, okay, what are you going to do when you get home? Because I was feeling a certain way. And then, uh, and then she was, I was like, well, I'm going to, I was like, I was probably going to go work out and go for a run and lift because that's what I usually do when I'm really like upset or something. And, but I was exhausted, spent. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm probably not going to do that because I'm just fucking done. She goes, you can go meditate. I was like, I'm not meditating like this right now. She's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? I was like, I'm going to smoke my vape though and then go to bed, right? But here's the point I'm trying to make here, which I wasn't aware of and I didn't know. And probably a ton of people know this, but I'm, I don't read much and I've changed that recently. I'm reading a lot more. But having said that, um, she made a uh, she made um, she made a comment to me, not a comment, but she she explained to me um, what was why it was necessary that I relaxed and uh, either rested or slept. She basically said that I'm having a physiological response in my brain, and it's responding in such a way, like if you go for if you're benching, you want to have your protein after because then you're going to heal and you're recovering, you're going to get bigger. And then you rest to get bigger, right? That's the science behind lifting and getting stronger. It's the same thing with your brain, apparently. I didn't know that. So she was articulating from a scientific perspective. When those things happen, you want to rest your brain, relax it, sleep, rest, because then your mental capacity increases. So that you're developing resiliency in that moment. And you're building it. So you become stronger in that moment. So what people do when they don't feel and they start drinking, they're depriving themselves of getting stronger in that moment. So we have to feel. Mm. It sucks ass. It makes you stronger. I didn't know that. So now I'm actively looking for ways to go through the pain or stress. So what I mean by that, just bear with me. Physical, your body can't tell the difference between physical stress and mental stress. I'm running 840 kilometers this year. My body doesn't know the difference between physical stress and mental stress. I'm expanding my mental capacity this year, not my physical capacity. Mm -hmm. This whole year is mental development and building mental resolve because I'm going to need it when I'm running 50K every single day, right? So I have to figure out ways to build it up because that's not going to be fun. Like this entire journey is going to be very difficult. And, um, I'm 44, right? I'll be close to 50 when I run across Canada. And running 40 to 50K, you know, we'll, I'll do it, but it's going to take a toll on my body for sure. Um, so I have to build that mental fortitude to be able to handle it. So that's what I'm doing. It's not really, my body can run. It's my brain handling it. Can I handle it mentally? That's the tough part. So hopefully this year I can go through this uh, process and, and I know for sure it'll just develop me further and then meeting people like yourself and then meeting lots of other people, having conversations, talking about these things. And it's just uh, really amazing stuff that, you know, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Tune in again next week to hear more of Sacha's story and more of his mental health journey so far. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC, and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. 
If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.